happen. Hair's looking great, brother. Thank you. I never get that comment. No, you said, Thank you. Back to the studio. You cut him off? Oh, jeez. Oh, man. All right, guys. So next up, we have one of my favorite people on the entire earth, a gentleman by the name of Phil Gruber. Very quickly, Phil Gruber is a renowned holistic facilitator, is a licensed acupuncturist, registered lymphologist, and is well-versed in a wide range of traditional and alternative healing modalities. His passion, enthusiasm, kind spirit, wit, and intelligence has made Phil a much-respected and in-demand speaker in the international scene. He is highly regarded in the fields of system analysis, decision strategy, trend analysis, and futurism. He has been called a magical genius with a heart of pure gold. He teaches a wide variety of workshops and seminars and is acknowledged expert in such diverse fields as sacred geometry, light language, advanced healing systems, and the master key. He was featured in the documentaries The Indigo Evolution and Metaphysia 2012. Without further ado, Mr. Phil Gruber. Hey, how's my hair? All Your right. hair looks amazing. Thank awesome. You know, so glad I know to see you. you. You guys were really excited. You scheduled me last and you, you, because you'd hoped that I would just go on and on and on and on for hours and hours. Well, that's not going to happen. It's not because I, I wouldn't want it to happen. It's just that I'm so totally talked out. I've done so much talking the last week. I'm going to be doing a lot of talking this week and the next week. Right after this, I'm off to band practice. My band is doing a recording live in the studio, and I've got to save some of my, my voice. You sure my hair is okay? All right. Um, yeah, it looks great. So looks I'm going to go a solid hour. Maybe a little bit longer, okay? You got it. Then we'll have lots of time for questions and answers. So thank you, Rob. Thank of all of you at Humanity Unplugged uh, for this opportunity. Uh, Barry, Barry's just incredible. I think uh, the theater lost a good one with Barry. Barry should come out of retirement. That voice now is the winter of our discontent. made glorious summer by this son of York. And all the clouds that lowered upon our house in the deep bosom of the ocean buried. I had a great Shakespearean teacher back in the day, Carrie Narns. Carrie, I want to dedicate this talk to you. Uh, he's not with us anymore. He could have been another Gilgood. He was contemporary with all those guys, uh, Olivier. But uh, the, the, the big agent at the time in London on the East End was Bucky Beaumont. And unfortunately, Carrie was carrying on with Bucky's uh, flavor of the week. So Carrie ended up getting uh, blackballed from the East End, then London, then England. Then he, uh, he emigrated to Canada. He was blackballed in Canada. I met him in New York City, became my Shakespeare teacher. Now is the winter of our discontent. Made glorious summer. Even Olivier didn't get it right. Okay, here we go. Okay, strap yourselves in. <laughs> so, in the deep bosom, bosom of the ocean, buried. Now, um, I think it's kind of fitting, in a way, that I'm last uh, this amazing, amazing conference. I think this may have been the Guinness. We should have applied for the Guinness World Record. I think we could have got one out of this. But it's great because I want to bring it back. Since it's humanity unplugged, 
I'd like to bring this back to what it means to be human. What, what, is, what makes us human? Where do we come from? Why are we here? Where are we going? Stuff that I absolutely love to talk about. But I want to start. So this basically the theme of this is really what makes us human? What is humanity? What is humaneness? What does it mean to be human, really human? Because, you know, it's not looking, we're not looking to get to be less human as we continue to evolve spiritually, personally. We're looking to become more human. We're going back to the future. We're going back to the past and the future. The original human race, according to our information, and I'll, later on I'll, I'll let you know where the, what the source of this information is, okay? And that anybody can learn to access this. Yes, there have been beings throughout time that have had contracts to, and hopefully I can share. Um, Rob, anybody, um, if I hit the share button, Will I, can I share some things? Yeah, absolutely, Phil. Okay, great. I just heard a voice. Was that you, Rob? Okay. I'm always hearing voices in my head. It's good if you identify yourselves. All right. So Omar, Omar here, Phil. Oh, Omar. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I don't mind you in my, there's only a few people I really feel good about being in my head and Omar is one of them. Our history goes back as far as this time matrix is concerned, 950 billion years. And that's just the last cycle. That's just the last outbreath from the great mother. Who knows how many cycles? Yes, we picked up some of the background radiation from the last Big Bang. But these we're talking about the greater cycles, 950 billion years, way before the human being was a twinkle in anyone's eye, you know? 950 billion years ago, an agreement was made between races that we call the Brenau. These also are known as the Rishi, also raw collectives. And it's really interesting that you uh, brought up Casey. It was Casey's birthday just the other day, I think uh, a couple of days ago when I did my talk here in Singapore time, it was Casey's birthday. Casey, the Ra Collective is what we understand to be the Rishi. These are 13th, 14th, and 15th dimensionalized consciousnesses. They hang out right at the metagalactic core, which is at the eighth dimension, which is the entrance and exit point for consciousness coming into a 15-dimensional time matrix and the gateway to expand into levels of non-dimensionalized cosmic seas of sound vibration. Here we are in this time matrix where consciousness dimensionalizes itself. It just keeps subdividing, subdividing, subdividing to experience all these aspects, individuated aspects of itself, only to return to full at which is interesting. Why would consciousness at a state of full at and unity consciousness want to fragment itself yet again and subdivide itself, subdivide itself, masters subdividing into rishis, rishis subdividing into avatars, avatars subdividing themselves into archangels, angels, and then us. I think it's the game. Not the kind of game that the Olympian sort of children of lesser gods 
play because you know man is essentially man woman is essentially a, a game player the latin expression for this is homo ludens remember that star trek episode in the original star trek they found these, these beings they were just brains they 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 didn't need a body anymore and you figure if they didn't need a body what did they need brains for but anyway they were just brains and what they used to do they used to hijack starships and they would beam the crew down to train as gladiators and fight to the death. Because here's the thing, that evolved, they, they had evolved to the point where they knew everything, they knew all the answers. So the only way they really got off was to engage in games where they didn't necessarily, games of chance, where they didn't necessarily know the answers. They knew all the answers to all the cosmic mysteries, the physics and metaphysics of, of consciousness and creation. So, but the only way they got their jollies was to bet on games of chance that they didn't necessarily know the outcome to. Man is essentially a game player. Probably started with one, the caveman, uh, his wife says, where's dinner? He's got the, uh, he's got the, 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 the turkey leg behind his back going, I don't know, you know, something like that. When we started playing games, that's when things got complicated. Um, Barry, Barry's just awesome. Um, if anybody out, by the way, if anybody out there can send me some uh, frequency, um, DMT would really be nice. Um, still early in the morning. It's not that early. It's 10 o'clock in the morning. But uh, I've been up for a long time now. Anyway, 950 billion years ago, three orders of ultra-terrestrials, we call them the Brenau. Trisha McKinnon is has been in contact with these beings. These are beings of pure light 13 14 15 dimensional con consciousness this what some people call the rainbow bridge these are beings of pure light pure radiation consciousness just radiating pure waveform consciousness when they manifest for us down here if anybody out there has had experience with massively tall beings these are just beautiful magnificent tall beings sometimes they have expanded heads well wait a minute uh, this way or this way or that way. These are beings of pure light. These are the solar Rishi. Three Breno orders are the founders races that seeded life into our time matrix during just the most recent seeding, which was 950 billion years ago in Earth time. Now, these orders have visited humanity during different time periods in an attempt to keep our original creation contract and intended evolutionary destiny alive among the earth human races. And that original co-evolution agreement made between the Brenau races, you could call them raw collectives, Rishis, in seeding our time matrix was called the Emerald Covenant. If you understand that in 1892, L. Frank Baum, the author of The Wizard of Oz, and his wife was initiated into the Ramayana sect of the Theosophical Society, you read The Wizard of Oz with those filters, and you really, really understand there is just deep, deep, deep wisdom and knowledge in The Wizard of Oz. The Emerald Covenant. The original Emerald Covenant was made 950 billion year, years ago amongst these what we call the fifth density dimensions 13 and 14 and 15 these Brenau orders and then this agreement 
The Brenau agreed to create various founders races, elder races, to seed life into all the density levels of our time matrix, all the harmonic, first, second, third, fourth harmonic universe, all the harmonic universes, all the density levels. Why? To create peaceful coevolution and ascension for all the stellar races. And it is the density five Brenau orders who were directly involved with the creation of the angelic human lineage. In density two, pretty much in the fifth dimension, Pleiadian Syrian orders, it was basically uh, met in council. They saw that there was a lot of corruption in our time matrix. Corruption because of corrupted consciousness, because of corrupted DNA, the fire letters, the very specific organizations of scalar waves that make up our manifestation blueprints, they were corrupted. They were corrupted because of improper hybridization, because of inbreeding without a regard of the law of one, without a regard of peaceful, cooperative coevolution. So the original human race was created as a race that would heal these races that had gone into digression, that had fallen in consciousness because their DNA was really, really messed up because of their hybridization practices. So they were directly involved, these Brenau, the founders races. And remember again, this is just the last seeding was 950 billion years ago. The creation of the original angelic human, human lineage on a planet we know as Tara. You can look at it as a fifth dimensional version of Earth. 560 million years ago. So the original human design itself, be really fully understood, is of extraterrestrial or angelic nature. And that humans, what we know as humans, originally inhabited what we call the second density. That's dimensions four, five, and six, pretty much focused in the fifth dimension. When we talk about the fifth dimension, we're usually talking about Pleiadian consciousness. Sixth dimension, Syrian consciousness. Seventh dimension, all these star systems, by the way, exist in our three-dimensional universe. But when we talk about fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth dimension, we're talking about higher dimensionalized systems. Fifth, Pleiadian. Sixth, Syrian. Seventh, Arcturian. Eighth, Orion. Ninth, Andromeda. Tenth, eleven, and twelfth is the cradle of Lyra. See, rockin' my baby on the treetop. When the wind blows, the cradle of Lyra or Lyra will rock. When the bow or the seal breaks, the cradle will fall. And down will come baby, cradle and all. We may have fallen to the bottom of the tree, but we still carry the imprint of the cradle of Lyra within each and every one of us. And that refers to that 12-strand DNA pattern. So humans originally inhabited the second density time fields of Earth, where Earth is called Tara. And the Tara, original human, is called the Tura Nusium. T-U-R-A-N-E-U-S-I-U-M. The Tura Nusium. If you know a lot of Irish, Scottish, Gaelic, you really understand what those songs are teaching. Tura Lura Lura, Tura Lura Lai. Okay? In the Earth human lineage, known as the Adam Kadmon or the Adumi Kudmon, seven root races, and by the way, Rudolf Steiner has much of this information, very pristine. There, in terms of the Earth human lineage, now what 
known as the Adam Kadmon or the Adumi Kudmon, seven root races and seven cloister races were seeded. And by seeded, we mean that a stream of consciousness comes in with a certain DNA template. The, all, the whole idea of these progressive seedings, which are restatements of the Emerald Covenant, is to get us to, to fulfill the potentials held in our DNA. Certain races came in, root race cycles, with a certain complement of DNA. Other races came in with higher DNA potential and seeded on the earth to be able to, again, to activate, to fulfill our evolutionary objective, which is ascension, which is multi-dimensional identity integration. So again, in terms of the earth human lineage, known as the Adam Kadmon to many, seven root races, five cloister races were seeded. Each of the root race evolutionary cycles developed one of the first five strands of DNA within the 12-strand DNA template. Each of what we call the cloister races carried the seventh through the 12th DNA strand template, corresponding to the higher dimensional density systems. Root race, if you're an incarnate of one of the root races, Hyperboreans, Polarians, Lemurian, Atlantean, we're in the final days of the Aryan root, fifth root race cycle. The sixth and the seventh root races are already coming in. These are the Paradisians, the sons and daughters of paradise, Melchizedek, Ewingen, Heki, names I can't even pronounce. But root race incarnates are called earth seeds. The cloister race incarnates that carry the higher DNA template, the last restatement or seeding of them being the indigos, are called the star seeds. It is the cloister races that have kept the 12 strand DNA template potentials alive within the human gene pool and represent the advanced stages of evolution back to what we once were, okay? So before I go on, I want to talk about what I believe is happening on the planet now with the uh, most specific, more specifically the Ukraine-Russian situation. Uh, some of you are out, out there have already seen this. Um, for those that haven't, this this is revelatory information. Let me see if I can share this slides. I don't know video file. Share screen. Is it on Phil? Is it on PowerPoint or is it just a picture? Is it open in the background? It's something that I opened up. Um, that's on my PC. I know. I'm. This is the first time I. Okay, used, so uh, so hit share. Streamyard, uh, and then you're going to share screen. Sorry, uh, share screen. Okay. And now it's going to have a. You see a big blue box where it tells yeah, you if you need share to screen. share okay. screen. Then you're going to okay. have entire screen. Right. And then right next to it, you'll see Windows. Yes. Click click on Windows, and okay. the program that you're using to open it should be there. Um. Let me see. Hold on a second. Unless it's open in um, like a Chrome tab. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. Um, it's going to take too much time. Uh, let's see. Can you, okay. Can you, um, 
Can everybody see this? What I have on the screen now? No, I don't. We don't see anything. It's got to come into the background, and then we throw it up for you. Once, uh, once we well, have it. I don't think we're going to be able to do this then. That's a shame. All right. Anyway, what's going on now is a stellar activation cycle. A stellar activation cycle is an alignment of interdimensional stargates. They're sets of black and white holes through which frequency consciousness actually, literally, is coming through these interdimensional stargates that we call the Templar. So progressively, since about 1987, 1988, higher and higher dimensional frequencies have been coming through this stellar bridge, this alignment of interdimensional stargates, infusing Earth, infusing us with higher dimensional frequency, actually higher dimensional consciousness. Now, for that to happen, seals have to be released on the planetary chakras, the major vortexes on the planet. To receive these higher dimensional morphogenetic waves that are coming through this alignment of interdimensional stargates, these chakras have to be open to receive them. If the chakras are closed, if the seals are closed over the chakras, the energy can't get in, and it would just build up, build up, wanting to circulate through the earth grids, through our grids, it just builds up, and what you have is a condition of molecular compaction. The planet would actually shake itself loose. It would just f fracture everywhere. Uh, the planet would just pretty much uh, just fragment back into space dust, pretty much. So the seals have to be released, and these seals are the seven seals. They are the seven biblical seals that John talked about in his revelation. I would love to take a group to the Isle of Patmos, maybe next year, the year after. You know, the cave where John got his revelation, John, certainly a, a certainly a beloved disciple. Uh, you know what grows wild on the Isle of Patmos? Sorry, I'm seeing a reverse image of myself. Uh, probably the most potent psychedelic, psychoactive, psychotropic substance on the planet, the fly agaric, the Amanita muscaria mushroom. It was probably the staple of St. John's diet. So I imagine if that's a staple of your diet, probably the most potent psychedelic on the planet, you're going to have some serious revelations. I want to take a group to Padmos next year, do some shrooms, man, and, and get our own revelations. Pretty cool stuff, right? Anyway, every 26,556 years, the Earth enters what is known as an acceleration cycle. This is the shift of the ages. If conditions within the particle base of Earth's core are correct during these acceleration cycles, and they are, and they would be, or they wouldn't be if not for the waves of indigos that have, that have come in, okay, to keep the particle base of Earth's, uh, of, of, of Earth's core correct and the right frequency. During this ascension cycle, when the particle base of Earth's core is correct, amazing things happen. Absolutely amazing things happen. It's been over 200,000 years since the conditions in Earth's core met the necessary pulse particle pulsation rhythms as the planet passes through its acceleration cycles. So, but again, these 
seals, when John talked about the seals, he said, will the first be the last? Now, he was talking about two things, I think. When he said, will the first be the last, he was probably talking about the papal, the male papal succession. That Peter being the first of the male uh, papal succession would be the last, which is interesting because St. Francis is known in many circles as Peter. And you know my pet theory that Mary Magdalene is still alive in a cave system in the Pyrenees in the south of France in a state of suspended animation, a hyperdimensional wave field that keeps the body intact that has been known affectionately as the Golden Fleece for a long time. And when there's enough love manifested on the earth, she will awaken. My theory is that she will walk to Rome and Peter will hand her the keys to the Holy See. And then you'll see the Church of Love reestablished based on a gospel of love, which reminds me, and I had to remind myself, next week is my Portal to Ascension seminar on Mary Magdalene, daughter of Zion and the resurrection of Eve. So if you want to take part in that, it's one of my all-time favorites to teach. Teaching this one is just a moment of extended transcendent poignancy for me. I believe that's on the, uh, let me see, go to the Portal to Ascension uh, site. I also think it's on the Wish Alliance Facebook page. When is that? That's, um, I believe it's on Sunday, Sunday the 27th. That's the Portal to Ascension, Mary Magdalene. So I believe that, that this will really, really happen. Now the seven seals. So the seven seals have to be released. The first of the seals, the frequency seals, uh, the main, the first major vortex on the planet, Painted Desert in Arizona. Painted Desert, a lot of people think it's Sedona. It's not the primary vortex. It's very, very powerful. You can access the Painted Desert uh, by means of the Sedona vortex. But the Native Americans, others, we've known for a long time, it's the Painted Desert. Now, that started its opening cycle in late 87, time with the harmonic convergence. And they usually, they, their opening cycle is about four years. Now, it's interesting that the first to open is the last to close. This could be what John also meant by, will the first be the last? So you see, when the frequencies are coming in through the interdimensional stargates, through these sets of black and white holes, the chakras have to be open to receive these energies. Again, if it doesn't, you get massive compaction, massive upheavals, earth changes, changes, worst case scenario. The poles are already migrating because of electromagnetic imbalances in the planet. Worst case scenario, the poles actually totally shift to a 180 and everything on the surface surface is vaporized. Oh, is that right? Who's got their Amnita muscaria out? You? Stone Hobbit of Hearth Fire? All right. Never mind. Okay. So I'll be in New Zealand before long. We'll have some fun. So I think somebody is sending me the frequencies of DMT. I think I'm starting to, it's starting to come on now. Anyway, you're not going to notice any difference. <laughs> I should tell you that right up front. So first of the vortexes and seals, painted desert in Arizona. Second, Jerusalem, Israel. Third, Himalayan mountains north of Tibet. I think it's called the Kunlun Range. I'd like to take a group. There are also no group, private group has ever gotten permission. To go to the, you have to be helicoptered in. I just want to take a group, get helicoptered in with a couple of yurts, supplies for I don't know ten days. That's it. 
and then they just uh, bring us back. That'll be a really cool trip too. Um, fourth of the seals is Giza, Egypt. Now remember, they have to open up on time and stay open. So we get the whole, we get all the frequencies, the whole morphogenetic wave. It has to come in. It's for our ascension process, for all of us and the earth to ascend. That's what it's doing. These frequencies are helping to expand us. So we can integrate, reintegrate with the higher families and collectives of light that exist in the higher harmonics. This is being done for us. We are built for ascension under the right, proper conditions. The only thing that's really blocking us is our karma, karma that we've inherited, self-created karma. We've got to learn how to think correctly in our mentorships. I do private mentorships, one-on-one, also small groups, one-on-two, one-on-three. It doesn't matter. This is what I'm here to do. Uh, Along with these other teachings, we also study the master key because the master key teaches you how to control your thoughts. A lot of this work that people are trying to do is not working because they can't hold, they simply can't hold the focus of these advanced techniques we're doing. They just can't hold the focus and they need to think correctly. This is the great secret of life is being able to control your thoughts so that you manifest only what you want, not what someone else's vision is. And to think correctly, even Wallace Waddles, the author of The Science of Getting Rich, Success Through Creative Thought, it's all about there's a way of thinking, a correct way of thinking, which implies that most people don't know how to think. There is a process. There is a way to think correctly to manifest your dreams, certainly in pure, dedicated, unselfish or borderline selfish service to the world. When you're in pure, dedicated service, sincere, dedicated service to the world, to you, to the world, to God. That is, I think, the purest definition of success. Okay, so when the Giza Vortex opened, lots of groups were going to these locations. They got the knowledge. They got the insight or the guidance to go to these places so that they would help uh, the Vortexes to open, the seals to be released, the Vortex to open, to receive these waves of frequency, energy, consciousness, really. Uh, And also you need to remember that they need to, we'll get to the closing cycles very, very soon. So what I'd like to suggest to you, when Giza opened in 2000, that really anchored the stellar bridge, the stellar activation cycle. There's no stopping it now. Either it either goes all the way or it crashes. So that was 2000, the Giza vortex. And one by one, these vortexes deal with higher, they channel higher dimensional frequencies into the earth and through us. Because what happens on the earth, happening to us, vice versa. So the fifth vortex was Machu Picchu. Machu Picchu is interesting because these main vortexes on the earth, they have sites that are paired with them on the earth that you can access these remotely. There are many, many access points all over the world that you can access these major vortexes. But the main access points uh, for Machu Picchu, for example, is the Vatican in Rome, which is really interesting because Machu Picchu, we understand now, seems to have been a uh, a real, it was, a, it was a, a base for the divine feminine. It was a very ground zero for worship of the divine feminine 
goddess worship. And the site that's paired with it on the planet is the Vatican in Rome. Now that opened up in 2000, uh, uh, June of 2004, timed with the Venus, remember the Venus transit of 2004, early June? Well, on, in, on that weekend, outside of Rome, meeting outside of Rome was Bush, his top advisors, Bilderbergers, uh, you know who I'm talking about, uh, a lot of the elites, many children of the black sun, whatever you want to call them, meaning at a site outside of Rome. Our theory is that they were pulsing electromagnetic pulses from the Vatican into Machu Picchu so it wouldn't open properly. If any of these vortexes don't open properly, you're going to get massive molecular compaction, earth changes, massive upheavals, world management team comes in, more orders of control coming in. But luckily, I think work we were doing, other groups were doing, were able to cut off that magnetic pulse so it didn't hit Machu Picchu. Whenever these vortexes are opening during these ascension cycles, it's always cat and mouse. A group comes to mess with it. A group comes to repair it back and forth and back and forth. That's Machu Picchu. Now, the sixth of the vortexes is the Caucasus Mountains in the USSR. We'll get back to that. And the seventh is Lake Titicaca in Peru. Now, it's very important when John said, will the first be the last? The first of the major vortexes are the last to close. The seventh vortex, the Lake Titicaca, since it handles, and that was 2012 to 2017, its opening cycle. And again, they had to open on time, stay open on time. The reason the last of the vortexes needs to be the first to close is because as you go from one to seven, these vortexes, they handle higher and higher dimensional frequencies. The sixth and seventh vortexes, the Caucasus Mountains in the USSR and Lake Titicaca, handle the highest dimensional frequencies. That's why they need to be the first to close. Because if they stay open longer than they should, you're going to get too much frequency coming in. And again, the th same thing, massive molecular compaction, especially when it hits blockages in the Earth's grid, Earth's karma, Earth's miasmic load. And to keep circulating through the Earth grid, the planet has to start cracking and fracturing to allow the energy to keep circulating. But because of that, you get massive Earth changes, climatic pattern changes. You get all sorts of weird stuff, earthquakes, volcanoes, that kind of stuff, the backflow. So this is what we're seeing. It's one of the major reasons for a lot of these earth changes. And so the first of these major vortexes, again, Painted Desert, one, Jerusalem, Israel, two, Himalayan Mountains in Asia, three, Giza, Egypt, four, Machu Picchu, five, USSR, six, and Lake Titicaca, seven. Now, Lake Titicaca, again, since it handles the highest frequencies and was the last to open, has to be the first to start closing. And it started its closing cycle in 2017, pretty much right after its opening cycle. And it closed in early 2022. The next one that needs to close, just as they open and stay open on time, they need to close because they can't take more than they can handle of the earth grids, is the USSR. And there are many points in the Ukraine that you can access directly the vortex 
in the Caucasus Mountains. So I believe that when you go to the top of these food chains, yes, it's about this, and yes, it's about that, and yes, it's about NATO, and yes, it's about drugs, and yes, it's about uh, oil and the sex trade. But when you really back engineer it to who's pulling whose strings, the most, if not all, of the conflicts on this planet have been reflections of dramas that are taking place in the higher harmonic universes. And it's been for control of the stargates. This earth is a prize valued beloved planet because of its, of its gates, because of its portals, because of its internal stargates that give you access to the greater Templar, to the Holy Grail of interdimensional interstellar stargates. Whoever has control of those stargates has control of who enters and exits the time matrix itself. So this is why every this is where the party is, man. Everybody comes here during these ascension cycles when the Earth gates are opening. All right, because if you have control of the planetary Templar, the planetary stargates, you've got control of you got you can control the access to the interdimensional stargates. So I believe this is what is happening at the core of the conflict in the Ukraine. It's all about the Stargates. It's always been about the Stargates. Now, as far as humans are concerned, 560 million years ago, again, it was seen that there was a lot of corruption in our time matrix. And the human being, the Turanusian, was created mainly to be guardians and custodians of the Stargates. The Divine Commission angelic humanity's original sacred mission, the divine commission of the angelic human race, the sacred mission for which we were originally seated on earth and we continually are seated on the earth. And we come back again and again, especially during these ascension cycles, is to correct the distortions within earth's planetary shields. We call them the fire litter sequences, very specific organizations of scalar waves that in many cases are distorted. And a lot of this damage occurred during the original fall from grace. Tara, 550 million years ago, our information is that a group called the Templar Solar Initiates love to come, they love to go to planets, and they love, they had the technology to create artificial stargates, time tunnels, or force stargates open opening when it's not their time to do it. But usually, or very, very often, it ends up in cataclysms on the planet. They use large generator crystals, much as they did on Atlantis, Lemuria. This misuse of this large generator crystal technology, it's what's caused most of the cataclysms in our history. This is what happened 550 million years ago. There was a chain reaction. This is what they're doing at CERN, by the way. I like, I like to wear this shirt just to show you. Oh, see? Um, last time I was at CERN was a couple of years ago. Well, it was, it was December 2019. And this is where I think I got, I got COVID. Well, I went, remember, this is December 2019. I went to a doctor in Geneva. He told me that I had had an engineered coronavirus that escaped from a lab in Wuhan, China. This was December 2019. This was a doctor associated with CERN. So 
What we need to be concerned about is that they're trying the same thing. What they're trying to do at CERN, they're trying to open, they're trying to use their technology, their science to open, artificially open, force these stargates open in a way, hoping that the convulsions will cause massive upheavals on the planet. This is what they've been trying to do for years, for years and years and years, certainly on this planet, certainly, certainly in our generation, just like they did before just like they did in all these various uh, former epochs, okay? Um, guess what? I can go a little over an hour. So I'll go for about 15 more minutes or so, and then we'll open it up for questions, okay? So through the, through the course of, of Earth's human history, there's been lots of hybridization within various interstellar races, creating more varieties of star seeds among the earth seed root race populations. If you really want to know where you come from, that knowledge is in the DNA, in the substrate matrix of your DNA. Have many of you noticed that a lot, a lot of uh, channelers of light language, they're beginning to sound very similar, sounding the same, a, a little Native American mixed with uh, Oriental languages, this and that. It's because the first languages we're going to channel are the ones closest to us genetically. We're going to, as our DNA continues to activate, fifth, six strands activate, for example, we're going to get Pleiadian languages. We're going to get Syrian languages. We're going to get angelic languages. We're going to get languages from uh, what's called Mua, Anuhazi, Vatan, Vatanian, original angelic languages, because they're closest to us genetically. And for those to come through clearly and cleanly, whoever is doing this, and just on general principle, we have to clear all residual karmic miasmic load from our DNA because the DNA are transducers. Each strand transduces a level of, of dimensionalized consciousness. So if you have any residual karma miasmic content, it's going to, it's going to distort the information that's going to scramble it or you'll just get static. This is what a lot of people are hearing. They're hearing buzzing, ringing, tingling in their ears. That's the information coming through, but they can't yet process it because those DNA strands that handle those specific dimensional currencies or frequencies, they're being blocked. It's the blockages in our DNA. This is what's blocking our natural ascension process. The DNA is activating naturally. In the old days, you had to go for decades and decades and decades into these mystery ascension schools, getting progressive initiations and activations. Well, we have the stellar bridge, the stellar activation cycle, the shift of the ages to accelerate the process. We can do it faster, but we still can't cut any corners. It's very, very important that we really understand the true nature of karma, the true nature of the miasmic body. Because here's another thing. There is, we do have power, there is a parallel earth. Every 15-dimensional time matrix has a parallel 15-dimensional time matrix. One is magnetically based. I, this reverse image is driving me crazy. One is magnetically based. One is electrically based. One is particle. One is antiparticle. One is matter. One is antimatter. So Earth has a, there is a, there is a parallel, oh my God. There is a, there is a parallel Earth. And we have parallels on that planet. We are magnetically based. They are electrically based. 
the word is that they are already, they run about six, seven years ahead of us, I think, give or take more or less. The word is that they are already parallel Earth is already under a form of draconian one world order. Although the draconians, the food chain doesn't stop there. Where I think the food chain stops is reptilian insectoid consciousness. Uh, groups consciousness we call the necromaton, necro, uh, necromaton, odetocron. If you ever hear these races, if you're in a channel group that says, okay, we're going to bring in the Omicron now, get the heck out of there. Just like in the old cartoons, poof, you know, right through the door. It's just a suggestion. Uh, these are like beetles. These are like, these are like hybridized reptilian, draconian, insectoid, avian winged, like flying beetle scarabs. You know, these are really nasty. You cannot deal with them at all. But I think so. Even the draconians pay tribute to the insectoid consciousness. When I watch the nature shows now, I'm watching insect consciousness. I want to understand more and more about insect society. It's amazing when you see this dream of like army ants. If one of them for some reason uh, falls out of line, maybe develops some kind of self-consciousness or self-awareness, immediately they go to kill it because you can't have anything leaving the collective. So it's really this, when you go to the top of the food chain here, you, on the earth, you have the children of the black sun. Who's pulling their strings? The Draco's Dracon alliances, but who's pulling their strings are hybridized reptilian insectoid avian species. And they go right up to the Christ levels. They are the anti-Christos. Below the 12th dimension, 10th, 11th, 12th dimensional avatars, these are the anti-Christos. That's really what the anti-Christos is. Anti-Christos, anti-Buddha, anti-avatar. We can get into that in, uh, we certainly get into that in the mentorships, the private mentorships. And many of my future lectures, I think, for the Wish Alliance, uh, Rob will have to do, Omar will have to do with some more interviews, that I want to get into more and more detail about the genetic lineages of these races, where they belong, where they come from, what their deal with us is the major agendas that we believe is going on right now. So I think I'm going to probably go for a couple more minutes and then we'll do questions. So, but understand that at various times in earth human evolution, certain families of cloister race humans were further genetically enhanced through hybridization out of the seed race, out of which the original human race, the original Turanusium angelic human race lineage emerged. And the seed race of the human, Turanusium, original angelic human race is called the Orophim. The Orophim. And remember, a lot of this is, is coming fast, hot and heavy, but you're getting all of this. You are getting all this. Even the vibration of these names, the Orophim, is going to awaken memory. Is going to awaken memory. So the Orophim seed race that seeded the original human experiment, the Turanusium race on Tara, is a composite genetic code of Syrian Azurites, blue Syrians from the second density, dimensions four, five, and six, Liran Syrian Anuhazi, it's called the Anuhazi, from the third density, these are Archangelic Oversoul collectives, a group called the Elohai Emerald Order, from density four, this is the Liran 10th, 11th, 12th dimensional Liran systems. 
and the founders race Melchizedek Cloister Brenau. These are the Rishis, the Ra Collective, the Ra Complex from the fifth density dimensions 13, 14, and 15. Oh, so the human cloister orophim hybrid is known as the Emerald Order orophim. The human cloister orophim hybrid is known as the Emerald Order orophim. In contemporary times, we're referred to as the indigo children, whatever you want to call us, uh, psychic, super psychic, mythic, magical, mystical, mystical children, children of the Blue Ray, the Blue Ray Kachina, Melchizedek's Paradisians, Beneor, B'nai Elohim, what have you. The DNA template of the Emerald Order Orophim is anywhere from not just 12, 24 to 48 strand DNA potential. If you have that kind of potential, it allows for full biological transmutation, immortality at the very least, but full biological transmutation out of our dimensionalized time matrix. Uh, the Emerald Order Orophim, these are the ones that have the 24 to 48 strand templates. These are the indigo type ones. There are three major types that we'll talk about maybe in the next interview. Contains with it, of course, the original 12 strand human DNA template, plus that additional coding is called the Emerald Sun DNA. There are very few of the Emerald Sun DNAs on the planet uh, because the planet just couldn't support their living presence until now. Remember, when you come into incarnation here on the earth, you pass through wherever you have come from. Let's say you've come from 11th dimensional Lyra or Lyra. I think I'm an 1111. I see the 1111 on the clock, and I know a lot of you do out there too, just like Better Call Saul. I think a lot of you have see the 1111 on the clock because I think this this either our first or this most recent incarnational journey, we've come from the 11th dimension, from a place that used to be called Avion, but through mistranslation was originally called Avalon. Yes, the mists of Avalon are the pre-matter, liquid light, hydroplasmic levels of consciousness in the 10th, 11, 12th avatar, Christed, Buddha, Bodhisattva consciousness. We decided to individuate out of these large avatar collectives, Sananda, Kananda, Rwanda, whatever. And we propelled, we propelled ourselves through the uh, series of interdimensional stargates. Before you come into incarnation, you come into that first cell at the moment of conception, you have to go through the Earth's core. The Earth's core is a huge interdimensional stargate. Some call it the flame of Amenti, the sphere of Amenti, the pearly gates, St. Peter's gates. And you leave an imprint of your DNA as you pass through that stargate. I believe it was the a very high contract of Jesus, all, both of them, all the great avatars, the Buddhas, Bodhisattvas, in an attempt to get Earth ready for the next ascension cycle. So as you pass through the Earth's core, you leave an imprint of your DNA. I don't think the mission was fully accomplished 2,000 years ago, but because of the waves of indigos, all indigos have at least a 12-strand DNA pattern. Type 1, type 2, type 3, and all for different purposes that we'll get, we'll talk about later. Leaving imprints of our DNA, I think enough of us have come to incarnation having left imprints of our DNA that all incoming souls now have that same genetic potential. 
And I do believe that most, if not all of us, chose our parents. I also believe that we can make the wrong choices. That's always possible, too. Uh, I'm not so sure I chose the right mother. God bless you, Mom, wherever you happen to be. But again, some of us choose to incarnate on the earth. We feel that our mothers or our parents haven't done enough clearing that we that we can come in to this life without being handicapped or this or that. But we feel that our parents, especially our mothers, haven't done that degree of clearing that we can come in without being handicapped and making our, our fulfilling our contracts even more difficult. We turn back, we go back. On the earth here, that's manifested as stillbirths, miscarriages, that sort of thing, abortions. Realize as tragic, these are tragic events, certainly, but they're orchestrated by the, in the higher levels. <clears throat> even Jesus in the Pisa Sophia, he talks about how he scanned the earth looking for a birth mother. He said he was looking for a virgin. Now we know that in the old language, virgin means young girl, but it also means in the Pisa Sophia that virgin means a creative energy, female in nature, that uses her creative energy in a state of innocence. In other words, who thinks in divine thoughts, who thinks divine pictures, who has not accumulated karma because of improper, incorrect thinking, because what could it would have done for for the Christ or any of the Christ to be birthed into this world with disabilities and not being able to fill fully their contracts. So you scan the earth, much as we scan the earth, looking for the right parents to come through. If we can come through our first choice, maybe we'll come through second choices. We like to come through the first choice. We like to come through the first mother that we choose. I had an aunt that had seven miscarriages. I'm sure it was that same soul trying again and again and again, but my aunt had just not done enough clearing to birth that child in cleanly. So we, we turned back. Jesus was looking for a virgin, a woman who used her creative energy in a state of innocence. And that's where we're all heading to. These freedom teachings, everything on, we're all teaching is about freedom. What is multi-dimensional? What is ascension about? It's about ultimately about freedom. It's about freedom to expand ourselves, to know the oneness, to, to bring, to channel grace and love to all of creation. Only again, at full at woman, you go back into fragmentation as God's holy sparks. This is the game. So Jesus was looking for a virgin. He was looking for that creative energy, that pisses Sophia. They used her thoughts in a state of innocence. And that's where we're all going back to that state of innocence. And how do you do that? How do you clear karma? Forgiveness. <clears throat> One thing we can do practically right now. There was a secret mantra that Jesus gave his disciples to position them so they could really understand the true nature and power of forgiveness. I'm going to write it in the chat. Okay. Uh, Zama. Zama, Oza, did he just toss himself out by accident? Jeez, you're muted, bro. You're muted. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm sure he'll be back. Back there, he comes. You're back. See what happens? See. See what happens when I'm about to give the sacred mantra? A little interference here. That was That's wild. 
Zama, Zama, Oza. It'll come up in the chat in a minute. Rahama, Ozai. Okay. This is a secret mantra that Jesus gave, Jesus gave his disciples. And I'm still convinced, those of you that have heard me before, and I'm going to talk a lot about this in the Portal to Ascension talk. Jesus wanted the women. He didn't want the male disciples. They had the... He, had, he wanted the women, but he had to enlist the male disciples to bring their wives because it seems that the wives were the only ones that really understood the teachings. The Pisces Sophia, for example, is an extended dialogue between Jesus and Magdalene. The apostles, the disciples ask their questions, but they can't understand the answers. So Mary Magdalene has to translate for them, which they never forgave her for. It's too bad. <clears throat> Forgiveness has never been about blame. Forgiveness is forgiving. What do you have to do? What do you have to clear to let go of, to release, to let go of with love? Love them enough. Love it enough to let it go if it's not serving you on your, on your path, on your chosen path now. Forgiveness, what do you have to be to an open channel to extend grace, to extend love to the world? Okay? Forgiveness with progress. And how do you forgive? <coughs> If you feel that you've been violated, you were naive or ignorant or just plain stupid enough, God bless you, to have been allowed violation into your life. Or if you have been the violator, forgive yourself. And if you've been violated, forgive them because they truly do not know what they do. And the ones that do know what they were doing, their redemption probably will not be found in this world, but in the world to come. Their forgiveness as Jesus said in the Piss of Sophia through Mary Magdalene, their, their resurrection, their forgiveness will probably not be able, their sin was so great that they probably will not be able to find redemption in this world, but in the world to come. You simply apologize. Hold on a second. I knew this was going to happen. <clears throat> but I love you so much, i got to give you more. Okay. <laughs> Forgiveness, you apologize. Apology, the word Apollo means not many. Apollo, not many. So when you apologize, you reaffirm oneness. And that energy, that active intelligence, that consciousness of reaffirming oneness is more powerful than any earth-created karma, any inherited karma, anything we can bring on ourselves. The energy of of forgiveness, of gratitude, with progressive apology. These are Jesus' exact words. With progressive apology, the soul is rendered innocent of all intensifications of karma. Nothing can withstand the pure power of forgiveness and gratitude. Gratitude, read Wallace Waddles, all the new thought authors that became the uh, law of attraction teachers back uh, when it came really hot and heavy into the public consciousness in the middle 1800s. These were former transcendentalists that became known as the New Thought Authors, which were the source, which they were the source material that Rhonda Byrne used for the secret, but never mentioned the secret of gratitude. It's the real secret to the law of attraction. Gratitude is a magnetic force. Gratitude, aside from being thankful, sure, <coughs> That's important because gratis means free. The more you're grateful, the more you are free, the more you're liberated. Gratitude is a magnetic force 
that unites your brain and your solar plexus in the heart space. Charles Hanel, the master key, lesson one, the great secret of life is in the coordination of two centers. What are those centers he was talking about? The brain and the solar plexus. And gratitude, the magnetic force of gratitude, will coordinate, will bring your brain and your solar plexus together in the heart. And that's where gratitude is felt. Again, a force, a love, a consciousness so powerful, a love that knows no earthly bounds. This is the higher love. This Nothing can withstand that. And the connection with parallel earth coming up, here it is. Parallel Earth, as I said before, is supposedly under already a draconian type of one world order, world management team. And what usually manifests on Parallel Earth, they run several years ahead of us, manifests on our Earth. Why? Because the condition that we know is karma, that we understand is karma, miasms, is actually a buildup of antiparticles in the particle base of the Earth. Now think about it. Remember, our Earth, magnetically based particle. Their, their Earth is electrically based antiparticle, antimatter. When we, you know how the chakras, basically the vertical flow regulates, you know, dimensional frequency up and down. But what about sideways? It's the front and back cones of the chakras that regulate frequency between universes, between us and the parallel universe. So if that mechanism gets blocked or, or compromised, you end up, or we end up, the Earth ends up with a buildup of antiparticles. Remember, that mechanism regulates the flow of consciousness between us and parallel Earth, between Earth and parallel Earth. If that mechanism, again, gets compromised or sabotaged, self-sabotaged, whatever, you end up with a buildup of antiparticles in the particle base of the earth. Not just antiparticles, the consciousness of antiparticles, the consciousness of parallel earth manifest here. That is why you're seeing the infrastructure of one world order, world management team manifesting on the earth. It's because of our karma. It's because of the miasms, this buildup of antiparticles from their universe that haven't been able to cycle back because that mechanism has been compromised. So we have to learn the true nature of karma, the miasmic body. We have to return to innocence. We have to really, really understand once and for all the true awesome power of our thoughts. Okay? Very important. Yeah, give it to me. I'm going to give it to you. So I think uh, we can open it up for a few questions and then I will make a a little statement in the end. But before we do that, let's do the Zama Zama Oza, Rachama Ozai. The secret in that, this Aramaic, proto our Canaanite Aramaic, is the Rachama, mercy. Be merciful to yourself. Understand that you didn't know what you did. You did it out of sheer ignorance or naivete, that you violated or allowed yourself to be violated. Okay? Zama Zama Oza. Rachama Ozai. Zama, Zama. And remember, you know the Emoto crystals. 
the most beautiful of his crystals, the ones that can hold and radiate the most light, are those that form themselves in response to even thoughts of forgiveness and gratitude. So just imagine that if you become the living embodiment of forgiveness and gratitude, every crystal and micro crystal in your bodies will be able to hold and radiate that light. Look at that crystal. That could be every one of your crystals. We are crystal and morphogenetic fields. Every crystal and microcrystal in your body, because of that structure, will be able to hold and radiate that light. That's when you become a presence healer, just by walking on the earth. You can heal. Jesus said about Mary Magdalene and all the Marys, they have the effulgence of light. They are light. And that light alone can heal, can illuminate all the darkest spaces. Okay? So, Zama, Zama, Oza, Rahama, Ozai. And the, the gratefulness comes from the ability to use our thoughts. The thought is our gift. It's our gift to make manifest. Remember, every thought you have is like birthing something into the world. And when you birth something into the world, you've given it purpose. And it wants you to be proud of it. Every thought is like a child. If you have a negative thought, the agenda of that thought is to manifest the most negative experiences in your life because it loves you. It doesn't judge itself. It doesn't judge you or, the, or what it is. It's just here to, to manifest what you wanted it to by coming up with that thought. Fortunately, the same thing with positive thoughts. Just like the genie, remember? The genie has no choice. It might be thinking to itself, what a stupid wish, but it's got to fulfill it. It's got to grant it. So every thought doesn't judge it itself, doesn't judge you, just wants to fulfill the purpose for which it was created. So you're driving on the highway. You know my favorite example. You're driving on the highway. You're thinking about that trip to Rome you're going to take. Someone cuts you off. You curse them out. You end up in, in Italy. You wonder why something happened on your trip. I'm not saying it's totally because of this, but it certainly contributes to it. That negative thought, that curse entered the morphogenetic field that's going to manifest itself as your vacation. So when something goes wrong, you basically inserted that in. So we really, especially now that our thoughts are manifesting at an accelerated rate, we have to be more conscious, more responsible about every thought we think. Truly learn to think in divine pictures. So I'll take a few questions now. I know there's, there's so much of this information. There's so much of this knowledge. And remember, it's the, inf the, it's the information everybody would say, where's the activation? Where's the initiation? The knowledge is the information. All language converts into electrical impulse, which is a mathematical program in the body. So if you want to access anything in your personal database, what do we need? Passwords. And this language, the terminology, this wisdom, this amazing information are the activation modes, is the electrical impulse, is the mathematical program that will open up all the gates of light within you. Rob. Wow. Wow. Phil, you tore it down, you burned down a house, as always. So we have a couple of questions. Kathy left a couple of questions, and then Rockers Los Angeles. So Rockers Los Angeles is asking, any idea where are the frequencies from the vortexes are originating from? 
I think that was when you were talking about maybe Sedona and the vortexes or the specific yeah. vortexes. The vor they're coming from the Earth's major vortices or chakras. They relate, they're tuned to the frequencies coming from the higher dimensions. So first, second, and third of the vortexes, they're the easiest to handle because they basically relate to our physical, emotional, mental bodies. We're used to handling those frequencies, although not always correctly. Fourth, Giza comes from the astral. Fourth vortex, fourth dimension. Fifth vortex, fifth dimension. So the Machu Picchu vortex, basically coming from the Pleiades. Again, as I said before, we have all these star systems in our three-dimensional space, but usually, Rob, you know, when we talk about fifth and higher dimensions, we're talking about other harmonic universes, other higher three-dimensionalized universes. So fifth vortex Machu Picchu is tuned to the Pleiades. The sixth USSR, uh, Caucasus Mountains, and Ukraine to Sirius, Sirius A, Sirius B, many, many, many systems. Seventh, the seventh seal is tuned to Arcturus. So the thing is, if you have portions of those DNA strands already activated, you will bring in information from those dimensionalized levels. Although maybe not clearly, we can't, there's, I don't think there's many people on the planet. I'm sure there are some that have six strands activated. But remember, if you have six strands fully activated, you are fully embodied angelic. I mean, I won't go into detail now. And I know there are a lot of systems and teachings activating 12, 24, 40, 144 strands. Well, I think there just needs a knowledge base that needs to be understood about the true nature of DNA, the way, what it is, the mechanisms. How I'll just tell you one thing really quickly that relates to this. Um, you have a double helix. One is electrical, one is magnetic. One is matter, antimatter, particle, antiparticle. You have codes, what's called the substrand matrices. Within each DNA strand that basically is tuned to a, a specific dimensional frequency, you have in sub-frequency form all the other frequencies from 1 to 12. Now, there's, oh, yes. <laughs> Ascension, in a nutshell, what really makes that happen is the DNA helixes fusing together. That releases something called fire codes between the strands, and the strands start fusing together, fission fusion. When the strands start fusing together, it creates this beautiful blue photonic light that many in the sacred teachings call celestiline. Celestiline blue, the crystal blue celestite has many of those organic programs. Blue celestite is a great one to work with now, getting harder and harder to get out of Madagascar. Most of it comes out of Madagascar. We should take a trip to Madagascar. Anyway, when the, that, that celestiline, it's, a, it's an ascension element. It's a radioactive silicate. It's a transluminal, transharmonic element. When that circulates through the body, that actually de-densifies the body. That's what molecular transmutation is about. It accelerates particle spin. Now, you look at the DNA double helix, you know those things that look like staircases, like ladder rungs, those nucleotide base pairs? They're actually hydrogen bonds, and they present in the red spectrum. So you have these red hydrogen bonds. So think about it. If you want to escape the bondage of Egypt or the bondage of our electromagnetic bodies, 
you know, many teachers say that we're born into bondage, into captivity. We're biologically phase-locked into this three-dimensional embodiment. If you want to escape that, what do you have to do? You have to part the Red Sea. You have those hydrogen bonds have to part so the helixes can come together, so the DNA strands can start fusing, so the celestine is generating the body. This is why the Magdalens are so powerful. This is why these women, all the Marys, the circles of Marys, because they were <clears throat> of the Benjamin tribe. They were Benjaminites. And there were clusters of the Benjaminite women in Nazareth and Galilee. And the reason that they were chosen, the primary reason that they were chosen to be the sacred priestesses, the sexual, the sacred sexual initiators in the temples was because of their genetics. They were the offspring of the Nephilim and human women. And by virtue of that, they had very, very special advanced gene codes that they could create very, very special secretions, very, very exotic biochemistries that could, that could initiate or facilitate the ascension process because of what they were, because they were Benjaminite women. Anyway, more about that in the portal to ascension. So, yes, so each of the vortexes are tuned to the higher dimensional stargates. And we as human beings, originally humanity, again, was created to be guardians. This was our sacred commission, to be guardians of the stargates. And we had these same stargates in our bodies too. Our chakras are tuned, our personal embodied internal chakras are also tuned to them also, as above, so below. Epic, epic. This is my question, and then we'll get back to, the, to everybody else's question. So let's okay. say you you... you are a uh, consciousness that reincarnates multiple times on this planet and when we surge through the stargate is there a different uh, genetic imprint i would think on the stargate every time we come through or is it the same one going through multiple times and kind of manifesting in a different like a different style meat soup but the same genetic makeup i guess or dna makeup. well the truth is in a lot of these race cycles and epochs those that have come through the stargates to incarnate on the earth have gotten trapped here this is usually why you don't get a lot of direct angelic intervention they can counsel us and guide us but we're really their arms and legs down here we're really we are them they are us we're just their lower parts down here they Really don't like to, unless with my walking, for example, when I got hit by the car, something came in the force through me, but not a scratch. Because I had something, just like a lot of us, we have contracts. It's the reason we came. And if you really need to be here, there will be direct angelic intervention. But a lot of angels, I know, they told me, they, uh, they don't like to intervene directly because it's very, very easy to get trapped down here. I think for a lot of us, I think there's some confusion between past lives and our simultaneous incarnations in time. For example, when I talked about consciousness subdividing and subdividing and subdividing itself, like the, uh, the Russian dolls, here you have a Rishi. The Rishi decides to subdivide within itself, creating sets of avatars. The avatars subdivide within themselves, creating sets of oversouls or archangels. Same thing with angels. Now, our angelic identities, 12 aspects of that angelic identity come into our three-dimensional universe, and they choose different time-space coordinates. They're not our past lives. In periods of dimensional blending, we can get, we share consciousness with them, 
but they are who they are. They're members of an incarnational family or a soul family of 12, which are part of one angelic identity. I'm not saying that there aren't past lives. Of course, there are past lives. But what, what you were saying, if you've come, come back and forth and back and forth, when you pass through the Earth's core, you'll leave that new imprint. If yeah. you've done the work, it's, you know, to be able to ascend back out, we take a chance every time we come in. And, and if you don't, if you're not able to ascend, even make the first ascension in a six-dimensional Merkaba transharmonic Akasha Merkaba vehicle, don't worry about activating the Christ vehicles yet. One step at a time, stages. We're going for what's called the hollow phase now, which is a six-dimensional Merkaba vehicle that we can shift between this universe and the next higher universe at will. So all these teachings really are geared towards ascension and everything that goes along with it. Of course, the attitudes, you have to master the attitudes and etiquette of spiritual mastery. These teachings don't, don't ignore that aspect too, you know, but teaching, learning the true mechanics and dynamics of multidimensional identity, identity integration, molecular transmutation, the role of the DNA, our role here, knowing where we come from, why we're here and who we are. That's a really good, that's, it's more than just comforting. It's empowering to know why we're here. Aren't these some of the biggest questions we ask ourselves as souls? Where do I come from? Why am I here? Why did I, of all the planets and times to choose, why, why did we choose this planet at this time? Because of what it's going through. And those simultaneous identities that live in past times probably look up to us as their higher selves, like we look to up to our angelic identities as our higher wow. selves. You know, that's a profound thought for sure. It's a big and responsibility. Like you said, if we ascend, we bring up our soul family with us, and probably a lot of those we hold near and dear. If they're not able to do it, we have to let them go. We have to love what I said before. We have to love them enough to let them go. And live the consequences of their choices, right, Rob? Where were they? Whether they were based in ignorance, naivete, pure stupidity, <laughs> or, or whatever, and we have uh, to love them yeah. enough to let them go. Once we know what our path is, once you're on the upward spiral, there need not be any turning back, and there shouldn't be. I agree. You know? I agree. And if like you said, the information is the activation path now. Up we go. It's, it's tough to think about, but for sure. I mean, I understand that 100%. You can't take that with you. You'll never make it yourself holding on to the you know, resentment and baggage of some of those people is just going to hold you back to your full potential in that sense. We indigos were future ET human hybrids. We are from the future. And when we come into this world, we bring the future and the past with us. You know? Absolutely. We're here to really literally bridge heaven and earth. And I think there are enough of us on the planet now. In the beginning, you know, just because we, they, the psychics began to notice us in the 70s, they noticed all that indigo in our aura. Because we have portions of the sixth strand activated at birth, we have a lot of our soul identity already embodied at birth. They saw that preponderance, confluence of indigo in our auras. And but, you know, when the karma started, when the generational karma starts to kick in and whatnot, 
it's I think the frustrated look you see on a lot of babies and a lot of little children <laughs> is because they they're conscious enough to know that they're beginning to forget. You know, and they look so frustrated. They want to when they still have open memory. They want to tell you everything. When they can't, but they can't, they can't speak it yet. Can't convey the message. And they look so their little faces get so wrinkled. They get so frustrated. You hate to see it, just like a little child. A little child, you shouldn't see this look of existential longing on their faces. They're usually like a little child. Where's my ball? You don't. You, the last thing you expect to hear from a three-year-old is what their what their planetary contract is. You know, like, what am I here to do, mommy? I thought you're here to play. No, I'm here to do something. And this is from a small child. It breaks your heart sometimes. Absolutely, uh, a lot for me it does. You know? Absolutely. We have Kathy in the audience, and Kathy is one of the people who helped put the uh, event together. And she asks, aren't the mantis beings good guys? Oh, yeah. Mantis, the Atheans. Uh, we know them as the Atheans. Yes. Bene very benevolent. Those certainly the ones I dealt with. And I think we're, we're learning more and more people are having contact <coughs> with the Atheans. It was the Atheans that hybridized with many of this fallen Zeta races that were going, that were going to, that were going into, uh, um, they were, they were basically, they were um, going into extinction, I think. And to save them, the Atheans hybridized with them. And the race they created was called the Zionites, which were the ancestors of the Hibiru or the Hebrew races. Wow. Yes, the Atheans, a lot of our information comes from the Atheans. Yeah, very, very highly evolved beings. I mean, look at look what they do down here, you know? <laughs> it's true. Like, hey, the, you know, it's you're, crazy. You're, a male, you're a male praying mantis talking with another male praying mantis. Hey, look at that. Look at that female over there. She looks pretty hot. Oh, yeah? Well, yeah. Don't you want to keep your head? You know? <laughs> Hello? Is it really worth it? That's right. a great connection, though, Phil. You. you made a you. great connection there. With the with with the Hebrew, that's a great connection because that that equals up a lot of history that people see on on a, a textbook level, right? Or in somewhat of a textbook level. So that's that's incredible. That that did something for me when you said that, and it made made a lot of sense. You know, my last my full last name is partially Hebrew, but I'm not. It's weird, but. It's got the Heimer in the end of it, so it's, it's a little bit different. Oh, the Heimer! Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we got, Heimer. yeah, we got. Um, also, I want to bring up something that I I wanted to bring up just very quickly. Yeah, you don't hear a lot about abductions as much as you used to, because the main reason for abductions, their abductees were incarnates of a race called the Belly Kudim, the Belly Kudim. They're what we call a ruby sun race. They happen to have a gene, a recessive gene in their genome that the Dracos can use to infiltrate human consciousness. And it's a very painful process. They don't believe in anesthetic. But you see now they've learned, I think, to clone that recessive gene. I think they're using genetic windows. We talked about this 20 years ago genetic windows of infiltration, mainly but not limited to the vaccines. I think the vaccines 
have this recessive gene. And I'm not saying now, don't get all like, because I'm vaccinated. No. And even if you are, there are ways to counter that frequency wise. And I'm not saying all the vaccines have that, but there are many populations I believe that are getting vaccinated. I think a lot be, of these are in Southeast Asia. We got to be that careful have with that, that word. Gene because I think you see more of the draconian consciousness manifest here on the planet. But yeah, luckily, sure. you see, we have, we have friends. We have friends that don't want to necessarily intervene. They will, if necessary, although there are consequences to direct intervention. But I think it's important to understand, not to focus on the digressive consciousness, but certainly to acknowledge that they exist. And not to focus on them. We need to empower ourselves. Whatever out there you want to do for the planet, it has to start with you. It has to start with you clearing yourself of all possible mutations, implants, doing the shadow healing. In the mentorships, we, 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 a lot of the focus is on shadow healing. It's a multi-stage, multi-technique process. But um, this is what we have to really do first. You want to help the planet, it's got to start with you. If it doesn't, whatever you, whatever you even these world peace meditations, if the intention is strong and focused enough and you can stay focused there, fine. But if you can't, whatever your unresolved karma is going to go into the planetary grids. And we have enough of that already from parallel Earth manifesting on our Earth. So there's a lot of healing we can do when we do this healing individually. It really extends to all of creation. That's incredible, too. And, and you're absolutely right. We have Omar now. And Omar asks, I wonder what happens when someone commits suicide or a person that's been murdered. I, um, the suicide thing, you know, I would like, I, I'm not, I'm not really sure the murdering thing. I think as far as, is that your, did you attract that? I don't know. Sometimes I think we just get caught in the crossfire of someone's karma that it is possible to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. It is maybe something, if it is a contract, it's good to know consciously that it is good to know what you're here for and that you're here to do this. So you can prepare yourself better for transition, for a smoother transition. Egyptian, Tibetan book is dead, the work that we do. If it's necessary, if you feel you've got to drop the body, the hope is that you get soul braided into a higher DNA template for the next cycle of incarnation. The fact is that most humans have been involved in these endless cycles of incarnation for so long. We're in the best position we've ever been not just for our personal ascension, for the planet, I'm still hopeful. I'm still optimistically, pessimistically, realistically hopeful. (laughs) Whatever the freak that means, you know? Um, And as far as the suicide, I don't know. You know, Rob, I'd like to think that there's such suicide, there's such when you feel you just can't, the pain is so great that you can't be here anymore. Why should you be made to continue to suffer? You know what I'm saying? I'd like to think that there's a very special place. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I mean, for those who felt that the pain of being in this life was just so couldn't take it that they had to take their own lives, the gift of life. Why should the suffering continue? I would hope so. I would hope so. I know how other, other, of course. uh, there's a lot of stigma we'll go with that. And, about it. 
Right. There's a lot of stigma, but I, I, I would like to hope that there would be something like that as well. I mean, that's just, if we're looking at a path of love, that would be, you know, love at its finest at that point. Cause those people are hurting. Right. I would like to see those of su- that suicide or attempted suicide. I would like to see them fully embraced by their Christos. We all I deserve agree. it. We all deserve it. But those people, and I know it takes guts. I've had ideation. I'm not the type to actually right. do it. Just the ideation itself. I've been in depressive states. I wouldn't want a, an enemy to experience. And it's very hard to understand what that is unless you've been there. And maybe one of the reasons that I was, I got myself or was put in these places was so that I could understand, so that I could relate to people like that. If I could have one real wish, it would be to help these people. And I try in my way, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Who wouldn't want to so help? So I would have, I think there's a, to care like about to be a special place at the right hand of God for those people who felt that this life is just too painful to endure, you know. Yeah. I totally agree with you. We have a another question from Leanne, and she's, she says about your rock and roll band, she says, what tuning frequency do they use? Do they use the 440? Because I heard from a friend in Europe that they use 441. Yeah, we're using 440. I'm looking into the 441. Um, a friend of mine drove an Oldsmobile 442 back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if they make them anymore. I'm not but, sure. Uh, really. But we're, we're at 440 right now, and I really I don't know how much longer I can <clears throat> stay on. You let me uh, know. It's up to you. Voice, so it's up to, to you. Voice. Whenever you're ready, you let me know. No worries, man. I'm just about. You... I'm just about ready. I think. Okay. Um, so let's do this. Let's let the people one more time know where they can find you or get in contact with you if they want the mentorship or they want to go ahead and try and participate in some of the, of course, the wish Alliance talks or just email you and talk to you possibly. Yeah, this is my, I don't know if this is going out to everybody, but this is my email. Yes. I was just on a, uh, you know, a Shayla, the uh, alchemy of Ascension. And we offered a, uh, a discount on my readings. I do a reading called the book of faith. You should look into it. If you're interested, it's the only reading I do, but it's an oracle unlike any other oracle I've ever seen. If you want information on the readings I do, please email me. If you uh, want information about the one-on-one mentorships or the groups that I do, please email me. Email me with any questions at all, any feedback, any suggestions. Please feel free. It's been an honor. It's been a privilege. You know, I want to thank you, Rob. I want to thank all of you at Omar, all of your facilitators, um, all of your speakers, and all of you that have been listening out there. I I really am very, very grateful for the opportunity to share. Because if it wasn't for you, I'd be talking to myself. So, which, which I enjoy that too on occasion. But I just really, I thank you for the love and continued support. And I hope to see you again soon. Okay. I think I got, I froze for a second, Phil. Sorry about that. But I, you know, I just want to say one more time that you absolutely burn the house down. And every time you touch this microphone, it does something for me to retain this information more and more and more. And I love you to death. I, I really do. 
I, I love your lectures and you are somebody that I look up to 110% and I love your work, Phil. So don't ever stop. 110%? Well, that's not very realistic, Rob. How about 155.675? That's what it is. And that's what it's going to stay at. I was looking for an assistant many years ago. He said, uh, I'll be free. I'll be there for you. 150%. I said, well, that's not realistic. No, no. no. I didn't that's hire not, him. But <laughs> Anyway, really God bless all of you. I mean, in moment, Rudolf Steiner said in moments of grace, we remember. And I think that's the key. So be graceful. Be safe, stay juicy, you know, and I'll see you soon. Thank um, you, Phil. Love you, brother. Thank you. Thank you, Phil. Love you very much. Just for you, darling. Here Lots of love. We are unplugged. We are human. The best thing to be is human, you know? I absolutely agree. And, you know, I really resonated with uh, what you said, that uh, we pick our own parents. And I've known that since I was about... 12 or 13 years old and come to the realization that we, you know, this human experience, we create like an itinerary and then we come down here and then we follow that processes and we have the, the free will to carry out the contract or the experiences that we want to gain. And we choose the parents that we want because we want that genetic memory that comes along with those people so that we can, do the shadow work and do the light work and, and do the internal work to heal the trauma and to heal the, the humanity of everyone. So what you were saying there, you know, it was perfect. I was sitting there and I was like, yeah, somebody else said it and just not me. So thank you. We are, the maps are here that we all have. We all are. We're living yeah. treasure maps. You know, we're the I maps are right here. You don't have to go looking out there for it. You mm -hmm. just, around it's right there okay. i love you how you said oh, sorry, we sorry. had all the answers to all the questions that was beautiful thank you for that you're very very welcome god bless you all signing god, off god bless oh, you much love okay wait phil wait just one second yeah you're muted leanne leanne you're muted. Leanne. Are you? leanne wanted to say hi phil <laughs> how you doing hi. how you doing you don't have to talk. Just, just shh. don't answer. <laughs> I love you. So, knee pads, dropping sushi. What else? Futons. It's all so much fun with Phil, and nobody Sorry. understands any of that, and that's okay. okay. Probably better. Here we go. Bye, Phil. Over now. Bye, Phil. <laughs> Thank you. Be love safe. You. Thank Be healthy. you.